Praise the Lord, everybody. It's truly an honor to stand before you today. For those that are in the studio audience, we thank the Lord for each of you. We're excited about the Word of God. I do want to, just before we get into the Word of God, I just want to take a moment and give a shout out to my brother, uh, Bishop uh, Joel Sanders. He gave a uh, wonderful word this morning, bounce back. And I encourage you that if you have time at 10 o'clock in the morning, on Sunday mornings, he's on the air on Facebook Live. And I tell you, you will truly be blessed by the things that he shares, the gift of God, the anointing of God that's upon his life, uh, the ministry that he has with Faith Empowerment Center. We, we just thank the Lord for him, and I just want to take a moment to give him a shout out. Beautiful word this morning. God bless you, my brother. We thank the Lord for uh, allowing uh, the Lord to use you. And he has an event coming up. You can find out more uh, information about that. Uh, himself and uh, Lady Shalitha Sanders I have an event coming up this weekend uh, coming up, and I encourage you to, if you can, be a part of it, go to it, attend it, support it, invest in it. You will be blessed. And I believe that as a child of God, it's our responsibility to shout out our brothers and sisters and try to support them and to help them in the things that they are doing for the cause of Christ. None of us is an island to ourselves. All of us are fed by the same source. Everything we do is not for the glory of man or self, but the glory of God. So I just want to shout him out and thank the Lord for him and encourage you, look him up uh, on, on Facebook. You will be blessed by the word of the Lord that is shared through this uh, mighty man and uh, his uh, wife, uh, Shalitha Sanders. They have a tremendous ministry. They are a phenomenal couple and just all around good people. And I thank the Lord that we have had the opportunity to have a relationship with them. I want to talk to you today, um, continuing in the same vein that we've been dealing with. Uh, I believe that the Lord has really been driving me to get us to take a closer look at ourselves, to take a uh, have an inward perspective of who we are in him. I think that many of us are suffering uh, or enduring things in this life simply because we don't really truly understand who we are in him and the power of God that is in existence in our life. The grace of God that's not just moving externally, but the grace of God that's moving internally within us. The uh, power in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is alive in us. It's so important that we understand uh, not just the things that we are capable of or the blessings that God uh, will give us and the promise of God uh, over our life. It's important for us to understand who God is in us. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I think that we can all relate to um, we, we, I think we have a better understanding, and I, I want you to picture this for yourself. You've heard of blockages. So if, you, if we have a heart, uh, my cousin, Bishop uh, Edward Schaus Jr., uh, just, was just in the hospital, and he was in the hospital because they had suspected that there was blockage in his heart. Now, the heart is an organ that's designed to beat and, and to pump blood throughout the body, and, and the blood that's in you is life in you, flowing through the different parts of your body to provide the necessary nutrients and uh, 
things that you need to be sustained in your natural living. And sometimes when the heart does not beat like it should, or if the blood that is supposed to be pushed by the heart is limited because of blockage, you feel it in your body. So a blocked uh, heart or a blocked artery can cause even death. And I want you to envision that today. I want you to think about uh, within your own mentality. Am I dealing with a blockage? I wonder why the Lord, uh, the promise of God according to his word is for a free flow of his spirit within me. But if I'm honest with myself, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Well, it feels like sometimes the Lord is very distant from me. And, and maybe this isn't true for you, so I'll just speak for myself. But sometimes it feels like this free flow of the power and the presence of God that's supposed to be functioning in my life seems like it is the farthest thing from my life. Today I want to show you how to have the flow of the Spirit of God within your inward parts. I know we talk about the flow of God externally, God moving through us, using us, and, and we're instruments of his will, and we, we do all these wonderful things, preach all these wonderful sermons, uh, have the opportunity to testify of his goodness and his grace, and we overcome by the word of uh, our, our testimony, which is just the uh, story of how God moved in our life. But I want you to understand that God's design, God's purpose, God's desire is not so much for the outward expression of who he is in your life. That's a benefit. That's a bonus. Because he is relational by nature, he wants to have a relationship with us. He's more concerned about the inward move of God within us. I want you to uh, think about this. God moving or flowing in me, but am I blocking that flow? In the book of Numbers, the 20th chapter, we read the story of the smitten rock. And this rock typifies Christ as smitten and riven, torn apart. And we understand that according to the text, it flowed with living water. 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 in the King James Version tells us, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, if we move from Numbers 20 to Numbers 21, we find that there was a well that was dug by the people of God that sprang up with water. So as I analyze the 20th and the 21st chapters of the book of Numbers, I find that in these two chapters of the same book, there is first a rock that must be smitten for living water to flow out of it. And then I see that a well must be dug for the water to spring up. I want you to think about this. 
If we read the scriptures carefully, we will begin to realize that both the rock and the well typify Jesus Christ. And they reveal him in two very different aspects. The rock typifies Christ on the cross, smitten by God so that the living water, which is the spirit of life, may flow out of him into us. Now, the well shows a different aspect of Jesus. Whereas the rock is Christ on the cross, the well is Christ within us. John 4 and 14 says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You know, for believers, it's not a matter of the rock, but it's a matter of the well. I want you to think about this. It's not so much after the conception of Christ in your life, the understanding of who he is coming alive in you. It's no longer really a matter of the rock for the believer. Christ as the rock has already been accomplished and accomplished his work in you, which he did on the cross. And that work brought forth the water of life that began to flow into us. But today, Christ as a well of living water springing up continuously within us is something else entirely different. And it has much to do with our present process of seeing how the spirit of life can truly flow in our life. As a matter of fact, you ought to put down in the comment section, it's time for me to dig my well. It's time for me to dig my well. You see, the purpose of this sermon today is not really to teach necessarily, but rather to encourage. I've come here today to encourage us to go to the Lord so that a well can be dug in us. I'm not going to talk too much about doctrine today, about circumstances, about future steps, or about even guidance concerning the the Lord's will in our life. We ourselves must be dug first. We got to be dug first. You might be thinking to yourself, well, why is this? I don't understand where we're going, Bishop. Well, I believe that even up to the present moment, most of us do not have the free flow of living water as the scripture details. I think some of us have experienced a flow, but we are not enjoying a free flow. Many of us, even that feel like God is moving greatly in our lives, are still experiencing a restricted flow of God if we apply the flow of God according to what the scripture details about God moving in and through us. Think about it. Sometimes our prayers are not so free. Our testimonies They're not as strong as they once were. And in many ways, we have been defeated and are not living the victorious life that the word of God promises to us. And I believe and find through study and revelation from God that this is due to one thing. 
And that's the flow of the spiritual life that is alive within us or the spring of living water. It's not free within us to move as God designed it to move. In essence, you are clogged. You ought to put that in the comment section. I'm clogged. I'm stopped up. Now, we know this may be a little bit kind of visually disgusting, but you know what it feels like to be clogged up. There's too much dirt within us that has to be dug out of us. You might be thinking to yourself, well, what is this dirt that's in me that needs dug out of me? I feel pretty clean. Well, there are several points that I want to make concerning the dirt that we're dealing with. It'll deal with our conscience, our emotion, our will, and our mind. And even our heart has much dirt which needs to be dug out of it. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves today, which I encourage us to do, stop lying to yourself. Even our spirit, there is some dirt which must be dealt with. And I want to take the next few moments of your time today to just discuss this need that we have for an immediate digging to begin within us and where the digging that needs to begin needs to take place. Just bear with me for a few moments and I'll be out of your way. Matter of fact, you ought to, again, post this in the comments section. It's time to start digging. It is time to start digging. I want to focus right now just briefly on our conscience. So what do I mean by using the word dirt? It means that our conscience is not as pure as we think it is. Perhaps at this very moment, there have been accusation which uh, we have not confessed to the Lord. It's still upon us. It's still within our conscience. Things that we are dealing with that we're trying to hide from God. These accusations are the dirt that needs to be dug away. The parts of us that we say that we relate to the process of sanctification. We're quick to say salvation is instantaneous, but sanctification is a process. Well, sanctification is a process of digging out of you the dirt that God does not want there. We do not sense much liberty within because of the accusations that are within our own conscience. You might be thinking to yourself, well, give me an example of what this accusation might be. Well, you might ask yourself, Only you know what it is you're dealing with. You know what it is within you that is wrong with others. When you are not right with others, that accusation persists. You might think to yourself, I don't like human beings. I really can't stand people. People get on my nerves. These are accusations that are within you. Because when you say things like this and you think things like this, it includes your brothers and sisters in Christ and it includes those that have yet to come to the understanding of who God is and had the opportunity to accept or reject him. And we are to reflect Christ in everything that we do and everything that we feel and everything that we say and everything that we think. 
So if the cause of Christ is, is that while he was being rejected, he still laid his life down for them because he loved them, then the call upon the believer is to love them even as God loved us in the middle of our mess while we were still doing the stuff we shouldn't be doing, saying the things we shouldn't be saying, treating each other like we shouldn't be treating each other. Jesus, in that moment, laid his life down, but we're ready to cut you off. I'd rather you stay in your corner and I'll stay in mine, and we feel like there's something okay with that. But if you read the word of God and you analyze the life of Christ and it is Christ that is alive in you, you'll come to the realization that within your conscience there is an accusation against you that you are not reflecting who Christ is. And when you refuse to do what the Lord demands, this becomes an accusation in your own conscience. Then you wonder why you are bound and without freedom. It's simply because there is a demand of the Lord which you will not answer. And it has become an immediate accusation in your conscience. Your conscience is now not pure from the accusation, nor is it without its own offense. We need to analyze ourselves. We need to look at ourselves daily and figure out what it is that we need to do to get right. If we would experience a free and inward flow of the Spirit of God, our conscience must first be dealt with and purified from all accusation. The dirt can only be dug away by going to the Lord several times each day. Because if you think about it, each and every day, several times a day, you're dealing with things in your own self, not like Christ would have us. I would suggest that during this week, we go to the Lord again and again, even while we are walking along the street or driving in our automobiles or riding public service or laying in our beds. Whatever it is you find yourself to be doing, you ought to be going before the Lord. We have to go to the Lord in our spirit and be dug in his presence. You see, it's by the help of the Holy Spirit that we must be uh, dug or that we must dig away all the dirt that is inhibiting the free flow of the presence of God in our life. But don't just stop with your conscience. You need to dig your heart. Because after dealing with the accusations in your conscience, we must also dig away the dirt that many of us have, things that, um, can, that are condemned by the Lord but are still alive in our heart. You see, not many brothers and sisters have a pure heart in seeking only the Lord Jesus himself. And this is a hard concept that we uh, are trying to get ourselves to focus upon. It's a hard thought to think about that my only desire, my only focus is to follow Christ. Because we have been taught, we've been conditioned for so long that so many other things, that even uh, ministry or um, doing things for the church or whatever, or, or being good husbands and wives, that this is our focus. And these are good things to, to have as a focus. But there are also things that drive us away from our real focus, which should be Jesus and Jesus alone. Because if Jesus is your focus, all those things will take care of themselves. 
On one hand, many uh, are seeking the Lord and, and his way, but on the other hand, they are still seeking too many things other than the Lord himself. You see, the heart becomes complicated and is not free and pure. We must go to the Lord once again to dig away all the things that are in us other than Jesus Christ. Our heart should be sold out for Jesus and Jesus alone. Again, you may be thinking to yourself, well, what in the world could these things be that need to be dug away in, in my heart? Well, perhaps one of the first things is your concern about your future or the guidance of the Lord concerning the next in your life. You should not be bothered by things like this. The future is not in your hands. It's in the hands of the Lord. In fact, you should not have any future. The Lord himself is our only future. We do not know how sticky our heart truly is. Many years ago, there was a product that was created called flypaper and that product was hung and used to catch flies and in many places today it is still used kind of disgusting but it's still used because whatever touched it stuck to it now our heart is just like that flypaper extremely sticky whatever touches the heart sticks to it these things must all be cut off. It seems that we are seeking the Lord. Many of us are living only for the Lord and have given up our homes and our jobs day by day. We are seeking the Lord's guidance, but we do not know how many things complicate our heart. Can we even forget these things? To dig away the dirt from the conscience is easy. But to dig away the dirt from your heart I must say is not as easy as I may be making it sound you see in so many things we are kind to ourselves but we do not like to dig our heart very severely it's easy to dig away the accusations from our conscience to deal with those things but it's not so easy to dig away with the things that we love from our heart we are stuck to the things that we hold dear. See, this is why the scripture tells us that we need a good conscience and a pure heart. The Bible tells us just like this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 5 and 8. Some of you have been looking for God and God has been obscured. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There is no doubt that we love the Lord and are seeking him, but our loving and seeking the Lord is complicated within our heart because it is mingled together with the desire for other things. The aim and the goal of our heart is not so pure. We do not know how many goals are even within our heart. Goals like our family, our jobs, our degrees. What about this year? What about next year? What about our children? What about our grandchildren? There are so many things still in our heart. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, all this dirt is frustrating the flow of living water within us and it has to be dug away. 
Since the day that we received the Lord Jesus as our Savior, he has come into us as a springing well of living water. But the problem today is that there is too much dirt in our conscience and too much dirt in our heart. Lord, help, help, help my digging. When you deal with the conscience and the heart, you can't forget the mind. When someone is digging a deep well, many times they will discover that the earth has some layers. You know, it's like Shrek and his onion. One layer is soft dirt. The next layer is hard dirt. Another layer is stone. And it's difficult to dig through a layer of stone. And this illustrates the many layers that are in us through which we have to dig. We have a layer of the conscience, a layer of the heart, and we also have a layer of our mind. And our minds hold much dirt. We do not know how many imaginations that we have day by day. We, we don't only dream during the night while we are sleeping, but many of us dream during the day while we are yet awake. We're struggling with thoughts of things from uh, east to west, north to south, you name it, and it's coming through our mind. Our imaginations are different than our dreams, and we have to understand this. I've already told you about Satan and, and, and the blinding of our minds that he proposes to do. He, he does it merely through the process of imagination. And sometimes while you are listening to a message, I do not know where your mind is. Some of you perhaps have traveled to the moon. Outwardly, you're nodding your head as if, yeah, I'm with you. But inwardly, your mind is imagining when is he going to be done? And you're thinking about the football game that's coming up later today. How the Buckeyes did on Saturday. During the message, you hear my voice, but you don't receive anything that I've said. Because your mind has been blinded by your imaginations. Many times people travel completely around the world in their imaginations while God is trying to speak to them. Within seconds, people can travel through the entirety of the world. They can go to the Far East faster than the best jet. How many imaginations are in the mind? How many things have your mind begin to focus on? When there is a lot of dirt in your mind, how can the flow of living water within you be free? You see, since your mind has been blocked, the living water has also been blocked in your mind. The heaps of dirt are simply your multiplicity in thought, your multiplicity in imagination, your multiplicity in dreams, and all these things have to be dug away before the living water of God can freely flow within your spirit. You got to dig the well. And that well includes your will. You see, our will also contains a lot of dirt. 
There are not too many who are absolutely and utterly obedient to the Lord. Let me say that again, because this includes the pulpit to the door. There are not too many that are absolutely and utterly obedient to the Lord. We need to be more submissive in our will. Yes, I use that word, that S word, that, that nasty word, submissive. We don't want to submit to anything nowadays. Matter of fact, if you look at society, that is the greatest issue that we have that's spiraling into chaos is the uh, inability for people to be submissive to authority. But we, as the children of God, need to be more submissive in our will to the will of the Lord. How many times we do not submit ourselves to the Lord's sovereign instruction? Sometimes we think that we are quite submissive to God, but when he puts us into certain circumstances, we are exposed. It's easy to submit to the invisible Lord, but it's rather difficult to submit to visible people. You say, I'm submissive to the Lord. I do what the Lord tells me to do. When the Lord, uh, with the Lord, I have uh, no problem. But, yes, there's a big but. Before the Lord, I have no problem. But with the church, oh, I cannot be submissive to them. With the pastor, oh, no, no. I can be submissive to the Lord, but I don't like the way the pastor's talking to me. I can be submissive to the Lord, but I can't be submissive to the people who represent the Lord in my life. The Lord, I want you to understand, has especially put you into your local church in order that your will be broken. You see, many of us, it's our will that is our major problem. But we have the idea, uh, thinking in, in the line of being a wife, if my husband could be a better husband, I would gladly be submissive to him. How many times have married women thought this? But the fact is that your husband cannot be that kind of person. The Lord gave you a suitable husband. He's just the husband that you need. If you could have the husband of your dreams, you would never be exposed in your mess. You see, many experiences and circumstances that are under his sovereignty simply expose us to the light so that we may uh, know how stubborn our will is. Stubborn. Now, you may point out a brother or a sister who is stubborn, but every one of us is stubborn. We may be the most stubborn brother or sister that we know, even if we don't want to admit it. Every one of us has to dig our own will. How easy it is to obtain more and more spiritual knowledge, but our life, our nature, our disposition are never changed by the knowledge that we go after and seek and possess and gain. And then this results in utter failure because we know what we will not do. 
The living water is to flow in us if we uh, are, are going to be dug. The, the flowing is the Lord's business, but the digging is our business. We have to dig for ourselves. You ought to put it in the comment section, I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging. And when you get done dealing with your uh, will, you need to touch on your emotions. Or as the world says, your feelings. Oftentimes, it's a phrase, an idiom that's used, I'm in my feelings. Well, after digging away the dirt from your will, you need to deal with your emotions or your feelings. I do not know how to illustrate how troublesome our emotion is. Uh, the emotional problem not only exists with, uh, with uh, our sisters, but also includes our brothers. It's not just women who are emotional. When we are emotional, we are occupied with ourselves. Let me say that again. As a matter of fact, you ought to put this out there. Emotion is evidence of self-occupation. Emotion is evidence of self-occupation. When we are emotional, we are occupied with ourselves. We are under the control and bondage of our emotional state of being. If we would spend some time with the Lord and open up ourselves, we must start by digging our conscience, then digging our heart, then digging our mind, then digging our will, and finally we come to the point where we see how much we are still in our emotions. After all of this digging, we still find ourselves in our feelings. It's so easy for us to like one thing and dislike another. It's so easy to make friends with one brother, but the next morning treat that same brother like he's our enemy. It's not very easy to change our will but it is easy to have many changes in our emotions as a matter of fact if you really look at yourself many of us are an emotional roller coaster our emotions fluctuate more than the weather does and this is not just a message this is not just a sermon this is not just something that God has laid on my heart to give you my deep concern is to give a little instruction so that you will go before the Lord forget about your needs forget about your job forget about your future forget about your family forget about your situation forget about your circumstances forget about your trouble and seek the presence of God and ask him to bring you into his marvelous light then follow his light to dig away the dirt that's in your conscience, in your heart, in your mind, in your will, and in your emotions. The more you dig away the dirt, the more you will be alive. You will be living. You will be strengthened. And you will enjoy great victory. You see, this is the key to solve many of our problems. You must maintain the flow of living water, which is the fellowship of life flowing freely within you. 
when the living water flows freely within you, then there is victory in all of you. All the problems that you're dealing with will be solved spontaneously and even unconsciously, although you do not know how to solve them, yet they will be solved because of the flowing of the living water of God in your life. The fellowship of life coming alive in you. And this flowing of the living water is entirely dependent upon how deep you dig your well how much success do you want to enjoy how much victory do you want to have how deep do you want to dig your well you see this digging is accomplished by prayer We have to spend more and more time with the Lord and pray according to his inner leading. According to that leading, we must confess and dig away all the dirt that is within us. I believe these instructions are completely clear. Now the things that I've released into the atmosphere of your mind, you need to practice them, put them into practice in your life. Sometimes we need to pray with others. But the digging prayer is more prevailing in privacy. It's extremely necessary to spend more private time with God. All the dirt that's within the conscience, the heart, the mind, the will, and your emotion has to be dug away through the power of prayer. You may say, "I'm, I'm busy. I got stuff to do. And you may be busy but you're busy with the duties of the day. And even being busy with the duties of the day, you can still touch the Lord and dig away with dirt in prayer. Many times while I am working, I apply myself to the digging exercise. We should learn to pray, to contact the Lord, and to dig away all the inward dirt that is within us. Spring up. A well of living water within me. There is an old hymn, and I want to leave this hymn with you today. I will do you the favor of not singing it, only because I love you and I recognize my true gift. But I want to just share these words with you because these words of this hymn are something that can be used to begin the practice of digging yourself up. And the words simply are, spring up well with water. Dig thou, Lord, completely. Dig away all barriers that thy stream flow through me. Christ the rock is riven living waters flowing but within my heart now it is blocked from going I will dig by praying dig the dirt entirely thus release the spirit let the stream flow freely there's no need again that Christ the rock be riven, but unto the digging that I should be given. These are the things you need to put into practice 
What I need most deeply is the Spirit's filling that the living water from my heart be welling. Remember the words of this and dig until there is nothing left to block the passage. Dig until the stream of life flows. Dig until you feel the power and the presence of God within you, a living presence of God, springing up a well of water. Dig, dig, dig that the stream may flow through you. This is my instruction to you for this week. Take to heart the things that I have released into your spirit. Know them to be of God and apply them to your existence. Think less about yourself. We have been conditioned that even in our prayer, our prayer is about us receiving stuff. I believe that many of us don't receive the things we ask for because we ask amiss or hence we pray improperly. Our focus is on possession of things rather than the possession of God. You've heard me say constantly that if you would seek ye first the kingdom, all these things shall be added unto you. I don't need to ask God for the things that he knows I desire. I don't need to ask God for the things that he knows I, I want. I need to ask God for his power and presence in my life that my life might reflect him and I will find that all of the things of God will pursue me rather than me having to pursue them. Amen. When I share time with my wife, there are times when I ask her for things, things that she can give me, share with me. But then there are things and times that when we speak and we share that time together, it's not about tangible things. It's about the intangible things that exist in our relationship. And I'm not asking for anything. I'm speaking in line with the embodiment of the oneness of who we are. In this manner, we ought to pray that we would experience the embodiment of the oneness of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. If scripture be true, I am dead and he is alive in me. It's time to dig your well. God bless you. Amen. Amen.